Yes, a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening to you, however you may be listening and wherever you may be listening. This is the Full and Focus podcast, an emergency podcast, as it were. I don't really think it's an emergency, more of a celebration, depending on your point of view. Um, I'm sure you all heard the news today or yesterday, whenever you're listening. Claudio Renieri has been sacked as full of manager, parted ways, however you wish to describe it, depending on uh, the statement and how you wish to interpret it. But we're basically here just to to dissect what has gone on, what is going to happen, and oh my word, how much of a state are we in as a whole but first it's a bumper show so it's a bumper panel for me to introduce i don't know who to go to first i'll start off with the guy who's usually in my chair not really but you know i'm together about the host chair this jmac jmac it's the first time i've ever had to introduce you it's a weird feeling for me yeah i know it's weird i think um i just think with ranieri gone actually maybe i've gone too is one of those yeah maybe it's yeah maybe it's time for everything to change up you know tinker man take the whole thing to the extreme right yeah. moving on uh i think they next will go geographically whoever's closest to me which if my geography lessons are right means i have to introduce mr matt beclair into the conversation mr beclair evening to you good evening mr baldwin how are we we're good i i don't know what i've picked up j max using a mr for introducing the panel, I not I don't know if I quite like it or not, but we'll carry on and yeah, moving on it. and moving on again geographically. I'm just going to take a guess here. Uh, we're introducing Morgan Calton, who I'm t- speaking to on a podcast for the first time since that Birmingham road trip we had. Morgan, a good evening to you. Good evening. Uh, yeah, that seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? It was. Remember when it was fun supporting Fulham? That's when it was the last yeah. time we were on a podcast. Although we had just lost as well, so it's kind of a sort of similar feeling. It, yeah, that's a, yeah, I suppose that's an excellent point. And last <laughs> but not least, or maybe it is least because we never quite get on in the uh, much wanted to be part of Fulham Focus WhatsApp group. It's John Shorp. John, evening to you, sir. Evening, guys. Evening, guys. Right. So uh, there's only really one place to start. What was your initial reaction when you heard it? Because uh, it was a bit different to the Slavisi Akanovic uh, sacking because that one came sort of we sort of knew it was coming but we you know it was still a bit of a surprise when the news actually came through that Slavisa had gone whereas this one because of the news said you know there's sources say that he's going to lose his job and then there was stories on the Monday you know this morning came out uh he's set to be sacked so on and so forth it wasn't as much of a surprise when it did eventually break out so um, Mr J Mac what was your again your initial reaction when you first heard the news how many you know fist bumps of celebration did you give it about seven to be honest I mean just pure and unadulterated relief uh that it was all over um you know the performance last night seven fist bumps yes I just, I just feel like I just feel completely relieved that it's over and I'm actually quite happy that it's Parker taking place now. I, I feel like I've actually explained myself enough that I think he should be given a chance and watching examples like Darren Moore, Gary Monk and for other clubs in the past should give us some hope that we can have a bit of an uplift now in morale for the club, even though we're destined to go down in my opinion. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned Darren Moore. We're going to get on to the Scott Parker side because I'm sure everyone knows now Scott Parker is the caretaker manager. For how long? You know, that's something we're going to find out in the later future. Uh, Mr. McClare, same question to you. You've very much been a, a fan and a defender of Claudio Ranieri. So this one must have been a bit of a weird one for you when this when the news finally broke after so many hours of just waiting for it to happen. Yeah, it's... Um... It, it's strange, actually, because last night at Southampton, somebody came up to me and said, have you heard? 
he's going tomorrow whatever happens there was a meeting at craven cottage earlier in the week somebody was doing a a tour around the cottage and uh, they weren't allowed to go in the cottage because the the door was locked and apparently they were having this this big big old shindig in there talking about the the future of ranieri and the deciding upon his fate but yeah uh, i've nailed my colors to my mask in uh the past and i do like ranieri i still still do like him and i really wanted him to succeed i spent time reading about him in his career whilst whilst he was at the club and thought personality wise he was a, a really good fit for us and you know you all know i've said on previous shows that uh, i thought him being sacked represented us failing as a club and that's ultimately what we've done this season um prior to the game last friday at west ham i, I was still a, a firm supporter of ranieri um, and I quite fancied us to win both West Ham, the, the West Ham and Southampton game. Obviously, we lost both of them. Um, ironically, I thought last night at Southampton, it was it was one of our better games under him. But the moment he took Kearney off for me was the moment that he completely lost me. Um, the, the atmosphere last night ended up becoming toxic. Um, and like any bad relationship, once you've gone beyond the point of no return, then, then it's time to move on. And, and that's what we've done today. I think I've said before, I don't believe he's responsible for our plight this season, but ultimately we didn't progress under him. Um, I, feel, I think we started to look a bit more organised when he first joined, but then he kept on changing the lineups, playing around with formations and lived up to his nickname of the Tinkerman. And, and, and he never really found a formation or a, a, a lineup that, that he settled on and found one that he liked. So I guess ultimately with a heavy heart, it, it was the right decision today. Yeah, right decision. Sort of. Morgan, I'm assuming you're in the same mind that it was the right decision. No, Every, well, maybe everyone knows it was the right decision, but was it the right time? Do you think maybe he stayed on a bit too long, or maybe you know maybe just that one more week sort of thing? Because I've heard a lot of people saying if you look at our next four fixtures, uh, you know, there's Man City, Liverpool, Leicester away, Chelsea this weekend. People saying no, I wouldn't want to touch that with a barge pole, so we wouldn't really get a manager in. At, at this same stage. So would you, no, same question to you? I think, you know, it's, there really isn't ever a sort of particularly right time for this kind of thing. I think, you know, when you've got a midweek game, that obviously sort of adds a little bit of pressure in terms of, you know, new manager coming in, only having a couple of days on the training pitch. Um, obviously, Parker is on the pitch, you know, every day. So I don't think there's going to be too much issue there. And I think, you know, after a sort of, a demoralizing defeat as uh, last night was I think having a game such as Chelsea which is you know you go out there you've kind of got a free hit really with that one you know we need to win it in terms of points but uh, realistically the, you know if we got anything out of the game it would be uh, you know a great result and I think sort of for Parker I think it's probably a good one to have first you know, if he loses, you know, we lost to Chelsea. It's not that big a deal. Um, but if he gets anything, then great. And I think, you know, my overall feeling in the whole thing is that, yes, while it wasn't surprising that he's gone, it is a sort of resounding disappointment that it just didn't work out. Um, I think, you know, at the time when Slavisa went, you know, we needed to change things up because it was going horribly wrong. And we thought, you know, fresh face coming in, someone of um, Ranieri's... Uh, sort of reputation, I guess, but, you know, his knowledge of the game in the Premier League. You thought, you know, this will solidify our sort of our defence, our position in the league, and it just didn't work out. And so it's kind of sad, it's disappointing, uh, but hopefully we'll finish the season on a high. I don't think, you know, we're going to have the relegation zone, but time to go down fighting, really. It did go down, go down fighting, and that's sort of one of, been one of the many sort of uh, negative points 
against Claudio Ranieri that he hasn't really seemed to galvanise the team in the way that he'd want to. So last point comes over to John. John, you've been very much uh, anti-Ranieri as well. Uh, again, your just your initial thoughts when the when the news first when the news first came through. Uh, there was some relief. I mean, to be honest, I'd like to say that I think Ranieri's a, a classy individual and a nice guy. So I don't dislike him as a person in any way, shape or form. But um, he was just a horrendously bad fit for the club, to be honest. And uh, things weren't improving. He was he was burning bridges with, with some of our younger players and some of our favourite, you know, our players from last year who, who were kind of um, fan favourites. For me... The timing of it, I, I thought it was bizarre. I mean, it, it kind of pissed me off a bit. We heard, you know, at Focus Towers, we've got our ears to the ground. And we heard before the Southampton game that, you know, it's already been decided. Well, if that's the case, why the hell is he there? And then when you see that suicide, that the lineup, I was really not happy with. I mean, seven defensive players, you know, to a must-win game when we're pretty much almost certainly relegated is just, you know, I thought he should have been pushed out the door before the game, to be honest. Um and then the club string it out. They make the poor fella take training in the rain for, you know, hours and then drag him in and say, by the way, you're, you're sacked. I mean, that's, that lacks any class. And, and just the irony that Tony Khan, our director of football, football is sat there with a bloke who's been in management for decades and he's firing him. It doesn't. It doesn't sit right. I'm sure his dad was involved, but just having him in that room doesn't sit right with me at all. You know, I think it's um, a bit of an embarrassment. Indeed, right. Um, we were going to move on to this next section. Was going to be, you know, after we got the initial reaction. You know, what was your you know, least favourite moment or most memorable moment, however you wish to describe it, of the Claudio Ranieri era? But because of some breaking news that we've got just coming through. Uh, we're going to have to switch things up a bit. We obviously know that Scott Parker is the man's going to be taking charge. And I've just been informed by the reliable source that is Twitter that uh, Stuart Gray is going to be coming back and taking training with him. So there was a lot of talk, you know, when Stuart Gray, when he left in the summer, you know, how much of a impact that had on our defence. Um, so this is obviously going to be the new uh, coaching team going forward. Uh, Scott Parker and Stuart Gray. So I'm just going to sort of combine the two, really. Um, I think we all knew that Scott Parker was going to be the man was going to be the man in waiting ever since Claudio Ranieri took the job. But uh, Mr. J Mac, your thought, your you know, reaction to you, how do you think Scott Parker's going to get on? And this new news, which has sort of thrown our schedule way off a bit, that Stuart Gray is going to be joining him. What do you make of that? J-Mac, you. Sorry, I just fell out of my seat hearing that news. Um, <laughs> not really. But, I mean, I, I actually wasn't expecting you to say that at all. Um, as to what Scott Parker will bring, he'll bring... He knows the players inside and out. He's used to working with youth. He'll incorporate, hopefully, some youth academy players in. And he's a modern-day manager who will put his arm around players' shoulders and just say, you know, just keep trying. And he'll, he'll be good for that. In regards to Stuart Gray, that's good news as well because that's something that the fans have been crying out for and they tended to believe that actually Stuart Gray's departure was a reason that we were so defensively bad this season which I don't actually believe in but it's obviously something that the Khans have done specifically to appeal to us and actually in some ways I feel that the Khans have appealed to us in a lot of senses even including the signing of Ranieri it was actually a poll a huge poll done by a fellow 
FFC fan that we all know, and it was Ranieri that everyone wanted. I, I can't see the can't have made some bad decisions, but pandered to the fans too much. But this again is something that could be quite good, and I'm I'm glad Stuart Gray's on board. To be honest, yeah, but it's a bit of a weird one. You mentioned you mentioned that poll, and uh, yeah, so not every not everyone was a, f- a fan of Ranieri coming in. I, I think everyone knows where where I stood on the matter um, when it came to replacing Kanovic. But anyway, Stuart Gray coming back. Do you think that is really a sign that? Maybe, you know, we always talk about the, the owners and the fans not always being connected to one another. There's a bit of a discourse, you know, I, I don't want to mention any further. But uh, Mr. McClare, do you think it's a good thing that the fans are, you know, that the board rather are listening or could be listening to the fans and getting their intake somewhat? Everyone wanting Stuart Gray back now. It's time for a refresh and maybe go back to some old things. I think it depends on which fans they're listening to, to be honest, because um, I think there's some that talk a lot of sense and some that talk utter, utter bollocks. Um, and I think we've got a real mix on the uh, on the, on the the show tonight of that as well. Um, me being the one that talks bollocks. But I think Stuart Gray, I mean, my initial reaction to that, and that is literally the first I've heard of it when you said that, is what on earth is going on at this club at the moment? That, that he's left the club at the start of the season Slav leaves. We bring in a brand new guy, Ranieri. On the day that Ranieri leaves, Stuart Gray's back. What a circus. Yeah, perfectly put. Morgan, over to you. Um, again, I'll ask the same question as I asked as I asked Mr. J-Mac. Again, everyone knew that Scott, that Scott Parker was going to be the manager eventually when, you know, when and if Claudio Ranieri ever left. So do you think this... You know, does this back of you know, there being no one else available at the time or, you know, right now, or just be the only one that really wanted the job? Uh, I think it's probably more of a, well, essentially a business decision as much as anything. I mean, you know, you're not going to get go out and get a top-class manager uh, once the transfer windows close, once the club are 11 points adrift in the relegation zone. They kind of need to have, you know, just get rolled towards the end of the season. You know, we'll be in whichever league we're in then. And then we kind of just plan with getting a permanent manager. You know, it may be Parker, we don't know. And if it's the case that we're in the championship again, uh, then we get a manager who will know that league. Whereas if we manage somehow of the greatest escapes, manage to stay in the Premier League, then we get another manager of, uh, you know, a certain calibre that is probably superior to the championship. Um, In terms of Stuart Gray coming back, I mean, it's good that they're bringing on a coach who knows the club, who Parker obviously knows. I don't know the real reasons why he left, I don't think, in the summer, do we? So it may have just be the case that, although they may have thought he was, you know, fit for the job at the time, he had to leave. But in this case, um, he was willing to come back. So, yeah, I think it's it'll be a good little sort of team he's got there. And, you know, when you have a new manager who obviously the players like, uh, you know, we may see a few results. I don't think, you know, it'll be a miraculous turnaround, but I think, you know, we'll certainly win a couple of games towards the end of the season. Uh, John Shaw, do you agree with Morgan's statement there that we, you know, with a combination of Scott Parker and Stuart Gray back at the club, that we'll win a couple of games towards the end of the season? Or do you think this is just more looking forward to next year rather than fixing the immediate the immediate problem? Um, I think I, I have to say I agree with J-Mac completely. I think this is just a PR stunt with the, with the Stuart Gray, to be honest. Um, 
I mean, his contract ran out and he left. He's not been employed anywhere else. I think a certain ex-employee who likes to stand on garden tables shouting about his opinion kind of said he was very peripheral and kind of worked more with the kids than the, than the first team. So I think they've done this because people have, because he's no longer at the club, let's blame the reason why we're rubbish on the fact that he's gone. Um, I think Parker's a really qu- quite clever move, really, because the owner, you know, he, he almost can't do wrong. If 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 we struggle, well, you know, two two successful experienced managers have struggled before him with these players. I don't think he can do well enough to demand the job at the end of the season. So it's not like they're going to have to keep him on if they don't want him. It also, for me, is is a good move because I think that a lot of players were miserable under Ranieri, and a lot of players who possibly would have um, continued and dropped down the league with us to kind of come back, but if we were playing football that kind of suited their style and if they felt they were being looked after and um, and just week in, week out, it, you could just see players that you would kind of... There would be a chance they might stay. It just looked less and less likely. And I think that was that was the, the, the main reason why we... Uh, main reason why we needed to get rid of Claudio when we have, or possibly before the Southampton game. But um, I realised I did say risk-free, I think, in this. So uh, that's a good omen, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. We don't want we don't want to be going back and looking on that. But you know, looking back, we'll now sort of look forward. Uh, it's something Morgan mentioned. It's something Morgan mentioned there. We're going whatever league we're in, we're going to look at a permanent manager somewhere in the summer. Mister McClare, do you think that there is any way that you know Scott Parker can play his way out of being the permanent manager for next season, or do you think it's this is really manager in waiting? So as soon as you know, when does next season start? You know, August first. The official announcement will come in. Scott Parker's manager, or do you think that he can do something to get himself further in or further out of out of that position? Oh, uh, I I think that if pride is restored between now and the end of the season, and we start playing some reasonable football, I don't necessarily think that results are overly important because I think we're done for this season. But maybe this second new appointment of the season, our third manager of the season, might be another shot in the arm and we, we might be able to start winning a couple of games. Not for not that I expect for a second that we're going to get out of this now. We're we're ten points adrift at the bottom. But I think that as I say, if if some pride can be restored and we start doing okay, then perhaps he'll get offered the job in the summer. Now J Mac, you have been a very, very staunch advocate for Mr. Johnson down at Bristol City to be our next manager. Do you, is there anything, a similar question to what I asked Mr. McClare, is there anything that Scott Parker can do to convince you otherwise, you know, to take you off the uh, off the Johnson bandwagon? Or are you still firmly, regardless of what Scott Parker does, that's where you're going? I mean, if you can get a win away, then absolutely just give him the job full time. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, I think to be honest, if he wins, if he gets a result against one of the big teams that were set to play in March and he can win against the teams around us, I don't see... W- I mean, this is a very similar situation to what Darren Moore did at West Brom. Uh, he was sacked in April last season. He got some good results. They were still relegated. And look at Darren Moore now. They're, I think they're fifth and they've got a game in hand. With, they've got a game in, on tomorrow night with Leeds where they can actually really, really make even more progress. I'm not saying that... Scott Parker should get the job, but if he can get the right results up until the point of when we get out of this 
fucking awful season, then I can't see any reason why he shouldn't. I don't buy the excuse that he has no experience. McGarry Monk didn't have any experience. Darren Moore didn't have much experience. And I would still love Lee Johnson, but I think a lot of my love for that was due to the sentimentality of him being a Fulham fan, but also actually just him being young and English. Well, Scott Park is young and English, and I, I, I would actually be rooting for Parker more than I would Lee Johnson if he could prove himself up until the point of, you know, relegation. Fair enough. Um, John, I'll go over to you first. So similar sort of veins, veins of question. Everyone has their has their mind of who they want, um, who they want their next manager, of who they want the next manager to be. Is there any, again, same question, is there anything that Scott Parker could do to convince you that he should be the next manager over whoever it is you like, be it now, like my my personal favourite is Vincenzo Montella. There's others will say Jardim has got a few mentions. There'll be some fools that will say names like Steve Bruce, so on and so forth. Is whoever your favourite is, unless of course it's already Scott Parker. Is there anything that he can do to can change your mind? Um, I don't know if there is. I mean, if he can convince players that we might lose, if we could keep hold of Mitro, Kearney, Cess, some of these players. And that you know they have a bond with him, and that might be the difference. Then, then maybe. But I mean, while we're getting ex coaches back in, we we might as well go for the for the serve and try and get Slavisa back. And I mean, when you pay a manager off, surely you're paying. You, you know, you've got to pay his wages. So in effect, he still he still works for the club. So maybe we can kind of try that loophole or something. It, it is it is certainly worth a go. Um, whether whether or not it, whether or not we're allowed to do that as well. Is a different matter. Morgan, rounding off the round with you, is there anything that Scott Parker can do to change who you want to be the who you want to be the next manager of Fulham? Or do you think that regardless of what happens, you want Scott Parker to be the manager because because you've liked something you've seen from him in his past sort of thing? Yeah, I, I just would like to see him do well in this next sort of couple of months. Um, I don't necessarily want him as a permanent manager. I think, you know, if he can prove himself to be decent at the job um, and we start playing a type of football that, you know, is a bit more easy on the eye, um, you know, more sort of the Slavisa kind of style, um, then uh, sure, if we're back in the championship, it might be a a good time to give him uh, a season. I don't have anyone on a sort of uh, a wish list as such. I mean, there are certain managers that I look at and go, yeah, he'd be great, he'd be great, he'd be shit. Um, I don't, you know, but I, whoever comes in, I want him to do well. And Scott Parker, you know, he was a great player. Um, and I think if we can get him sort of getting the players motivated and playing well, then, you know, we go into next season with a bit more confidence. And, you know, unlike we when we went down with McGath, we went down sort of fearing the manager. Now we want them to play for the manager. So if he manages to get us playing and we go down, having had a few wins, then I think, you know, give him the job and see how we go next season. Right. Now there is one person we do have to talk about because he's not totally immune from the blame. And in in, in his statement today, the owner Shahid Khan said that, you know, Claudio Ranieri came and said he wasn't the only one responsible for what's going on. Now, one member of our team is very, very uh, adamant about about who the blame needs to go on. So I'm just going to pass the buck over to him and let him take over the next 10 minutes, 20 minutes, however long he needs. John Shorb, over to you. 
okay, it's not that long, um, to be honest. And it's not, it, no one person deserves all of the blame. But, um, I mean, two successful, experienced football managers have been sacked for not being good enough um, and not being able to get the best out of players that someone else signed. So it's clearly not just their fault. Something is going wrong fundamentally at the club. And I said a few weeks ago, and I still feel this very much, that, you know, having a director of football is good for con- continuity. You know, if, if you do lose a manager, then you can get another manager in. And the football club doesn't have to turn over on its head. Well, by recruiting Ranieri, which was a fan, a popular fan choice, I mean, there was writing out there, even some of his interviews, I don't want the ball, we don't need the ball, we can win without the ball. Um, this was out there. Now, the fans probably could have done more research and realised that it wasn't a great appointment, but we have jobs. Unfortunately, the director of football's job, well, that is his job, and he's not done it properly. It beggars, it, it frustrates me so much, really, that 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 decision was made, and we've we've gone from having a playing passing side based on possession, buying players to fit into that style, players who want to play into that style, and just going completely the other way, 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 way too far the other way, which was, you know, it wouldn't have taken a, a huge interview to to ask Ranieri what actually he plans on doing. And and that, for me, completely negates the point of the director of football choosing the players. You then want the manager to choose the players if you're going to do this, because then he's responsible. If I choose rubbish players, then you can fire me because of that, because I've not got the players, I've not looked at, scouted, got the players in to play the system that we that I want to play. But when you when you buy the players and then he's just I don't think he's up to the job, and you you got to think like when you're when you own something and it's go and it's going downhill you don't start doing more and more. I've mentioned this a while ago you don't start doing more and more and more you know it's like if you wanted to be a good property developer or a good landlord you'd buy a property and you'd make it lovely and if something went wrong you'd fix it and you it just seems like the cars are just buy everything's going to shit but they just keep buying more. You know, and, and when things are going wrong, you don't pay them less attention. You, you need to pay them more attention. And if he wants to be in charge of st- stats and data and all that, fine. But I don't think he has any right to the job he's in at all. And I'm sl- slightly losing my way a bit. But I, oh, I am really, even even with the, like the statement is nice. And it's quite a, it's quite a classy statement. But just at t- four o'clock today, they released this. I mean, I mentioned the jobs we have. I don't think much work got done by any Fulham fan today. We're just checking our phone, waiting for the inevitable. Why couldn't they have just said it in the morning? I mean, I know there's a time difference with Saeed, but yeah, I, I think I've, every little thing is starting to, to gripe me, really. And um, putting bringing Stuart Gray back isn't isn't quite enough for me. No, it isn't. And I've, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm getting frantic messages from J Mac that he wants that he wants to jump in. So I shall let him jump in. J Mac, over to you. I just want to say uh, Shahid Khan's statement, and it's something we don't we don't hear enough from him. If I'm honest, we hear too much from his son and too little at the same time. But the the quote that he says, no surprise to me, Claudio was a perfect gentleman as always. Claudio's tenure at, at Fulham didn't produce the outcome we anticipated and needed when I appointed him as manager in November. But be assured, he is not solely to blame for the position we are in today. Now, a lot of fans are claiming that he's having a dig at Slavisa there. I think he's fully aware that his son has fucked up. And I hope that actually he's pretty much made a very, very sort of sly statement of saying Tony is going to have some sort of demotion. That's all I wanted to say to that, basically. 
Right, fair enough. Uh, Mr. McClare, your thoughts on you know the Khan's handling of not only this situation, but uh, as you know, as Ranieri says, just the whole, the whole season, the whole club, the way they run it. Are they? Now, who gets most? Where does the blame get split in this situation? Is it mostly on the owners? Is it mostly on the manager? Is it fifty-fifty? Talk me through it. No, I've I've spoken about this at length before, so I'll keep this really brief. Um, I've spoken on a previous podcast and I've written bits for Full and Focus before as well. But the the club needs a complete restructure, and they need to look again at the style that we're playing and our identity. And once they've decided upon that, then they can decide what direction. We're going to go in in terms of a managerial appointment instead of just oh we're we need a manager now let's let's just pick somebody whoever's available oh scott parker will do he, he's safe pair of hands until the end of the season and then we'll we'll worry about it at the end of the season but whether it's scott parker or, or whether it's somebody else at the end of the season those questions need answering first and of course my opinion is also that the director of football needs needs changing as well and i think tony khan likes the club he loves the club and he should stay at the club, but in a different role. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Morgan, your last, your last, you get the last say on this matter. Uh, the Khans, are you a fan? Are you not a fan? I don't think, as I've said before, I think Shahid Khan gets a lot of praise. I think he's doing the right thing. I think Tony Khan is the one that's sort of messing messing things up. And Morgan, what's your what's your take on the whole card situation? Um, I think, yeah, Shahid does look at it from a distance. I mean, it's definitely much more Tony being the hands-on of the two. Um, I think this is, these are issues that have risen from the last few years. This isn't just this season's problem. Um, and, you know, obviously much was made of the fact that we spent all this money in the summer, but you have to look at the reasons why we had to spend that money. And that was because we only had, I think it was 12 senior players on the books um, come July. And that was down to a transfer system in place that, you know, put so much faith in loan signings that when it came to the end of the season and they all left, we were sort of left chasing, chasing after more signings because we didn't have any players left. And when you're doing that and you go out and sign a whole bunch of new players, especially when you've suddenly got all this money, you kind of, it was just really badly done. And I think it was a naivety on i would suggest tony's part i would think that shahid doesn't have a huge amount to do with the actual um football side of things it's very much the business side for him and tony would have got you know all his data and bits and pieces and gone right we've got all this that's going by these players and but without really having an idea of who they were what they would add or you know any cons that would come with them and what we've been left with is a complete mish- mishmash of a squad and, you know, certain relegation. Now, what needs to happen is someone come in who actually knows the English Football League, who knows, unfortunately, the championship and the sort of players that would fit our style. And that would also come with employing a manager, you know, on a full time basis and then building up from there, because this season has been very much let's throw money at it. And we'll stay up because we've spent, you know, millions of pounds. And I think um, definitely need a new director of football. Tony can be involved in the club, but I don't think he needs to be involved as much as he is. And, you know, we, I think it's uh, unfortunately another rebuilding job. And hopefully this time we'll get it right. And, you know, it would be good to have uh, the Khan still involved because they're obviously passionate people um, and they can bankroll us. But 
we need a little bit more foresight this time around. So now looking forward to this whole Scott Parker thing, it, it, again, it just feels weird. Scott, the Scott Parker era has now begun. It, only a few months ago, we were talking about the Yukanovich era, and it's, it, it is all still weird. But what are your expectations for Scott Parker going on? Because I don't know if anyone has any footage or any stats or anything like that from his Tottenham youth days, because he was under 18s manager for, I think, one year. Um, I've got some stats here, but I don't know, you know, how much how much we can lead into it or lead read into it, as it were. Um, he seemed to do somewhat okay, nothing major. But in terms of style of play, how different do you think it's going to be than what we've seen under Ranieri, and how much better basically do you think it's going to be under Ranieri, Mister McCormack? Over to you. The only thing I hope really is that Scott. Well, Scott Park has been number two to very two very different sides of the coin now uh one who loves possession passing football and attacking one who loves defensive italian well supposedly good defensive italian football i like to hope that he will have the best of both worlds he'll know what works from both worlds he know what doesn't work from both worlds and with stuart grayback he can create some type of balance in between a balance that actually you know matt dom i and john and everyone actually or you know from fulham folks have been talking about something that actually lee johnson does particularly well and when it comes to incorporating youth i hope that he gives stephen sessignon some chances and i hope that he gives certainly matt o'reilly some chances because we're going to lose him to borussia dortmund if not interesting you mentioned borussia dortmund uh, i think there i think there is a genuine threat that we do lose Stefan Chessignon and you know Matt O'Reilly as well, because there's been a couple of people looking around him. Um, Mr. McClare, your thoughts? How do you think Scott Parker is going to uh, going to approach his style of play? Do you think it's going to be anything like like his playing days, where he's going to be going around in circles all the time? <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd like to think that it was like his playing days. You know, he, he was a very successful player. He played for England in the Euros in 2000 and whenever it was, 12, was it? West Ham's Player of the Year for three seasons in a row. Played for, you know, some some top clubs and played well for some top clubs as well. And I I don't know, I, I, I'd like to think that it would be a return to passing style, getting people on the ball, getting the ball down. I, I think somebody like Kearney will hopefully flourish under him because it's a similar position to the position that he played. I really hope he can he can kind of make him find his way again in at, at this club. Uh, you know, when we go down, I really hope that we can keep somebody like him at, at the club. I think it's a positive a positive step bringing in Parker for now. And yeah, I'm waffling, so cut me off whenever. That was a no, message. No, no, don't, don't worry about waffling. That's my job. That's my job to waffle. Yeah. Uh, John, your thoughts on Scott Parker. Your thoughts on Scott Parker and how do you, how do you expect him... Uh, to approach his style of play. Uh, do you expect him to bring in as many youngsters as uh, J-Mac has, has uh, indicated? Or do you think he's going to try and keep a, a tad more experienced and just change the squad up rather than introducing new people? Um, anyone's guess is a good one, to be honest. I mean, I don't know there's any footage of his of his Spurs days, but I think uh, Morgan's got some of, the, some of the stats on that. But it wasn't exceptional or awful, to be honest. Um, I, I remember hearing, I don't know if it was for Charlton or West Ham, but at half-time he kind of gave a rousing team talk and half the, half the players were in tears and came out and um, did rather well in in the second half. And our second half comeback against Brighton, I think um, Kenny was saying that kind of Parker was the one who said the words that got them going, really. So, um, 
yeah, hopefully you can bring some of that. I mean, I do think kind of blood and guts and motivational speaking like that only lasts so long. You need tactical nous and, um, you know, to do that. I think, I think both approaches this season, have, have, you know, I, I think a middle ground is probably where he will go and probably where we, we, we should have gone sooner. But yeah, we, we, you know, I wish him the best of luck. And for me, it's, there's no point playing the young players if they're definitely going to leave or they're not interested. There's no point playing the young players if they're not good enough. But we we can kind of use use this a little bit, this this now to kind of put our put our arm around players that, that, that we think have a future at the club and um, develop them and kind of give them reassurances. So they are very much, you know, now we've kind of lost this big gamble in this high stakes um, league. You know, we're now concentrated going to concentrate on nurturing them and not having wholesale changes. I think Matt O'Reilly looks a, looks a quality player. Um, Stephen Sessegnon, I, I don't know. I mean, he's been playing mainly kind of centre-back in the three, I thought, for the um, for the young, for younger leagues. So there's no point having him on the bench if he's not, he's not going to play. Uh, Parker's been about, he's been about through both managers. Hopefully he's got an idea of what he wants, what he wants to do, basically. And, and good luck to him. Good. Ryan Morgan, last word over to you. And I believe I mentioned about having stats and ideas about what he did from Spurs Youth Days. I believe you can bring us uh, some of those stats, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he so he started off okay. I mean, a few mixed results here and there, but it was kind of how he finished the season. So after, I think it was from January onwards, they played 10 games and they only lost two of them and they won six. Um, so it's obviously a different level of football, but he clearly knows what he's doing. Well, you know, on the training pitch, on the side, on the um, sidelines. And it's if he can motivate players in that way. I mean, one of them was a 9-0 win against Arsenal, which, you know, doesn't matter what level you're at. A 9-0 win against your main rivals is pretty amazing. Um, And it's, you know, I'm not putting sort of the weight of the world on his shoulders in terms of expectations. But I kind of feel that he will come in and I think we'll start seeing um, happy players again. They clearly were disgruntled under Ranieri. And I think, you know, with a bit of a fresh start, you know, and you do get that with new managers in, you know, whenever a manager leaves, so the players are suddenly upbeat again. And I think in this case, he'll come in, uh, he will get the players excited, we'll start playing, I would suggest more flowing football, such as how we played against Brighton in the second half, um, you know, everything to be believed he was the one that gave the the team talk that changed it all i don't think we'll see you know a huge amount of youth players i think um we'll see a couple drafted in towards the end of the season just to give a bit of game time but i think we'll start seeing the players who we've got you know already at our disposal um but with a kind of hopefully a new lease of life so i think you will see you know, Kearney's, uh, Ryan Sessegnon, I don't think we'll see O'Reilly much, but hopefully he'll get a little bit of um, time on the bench. Um, and, you know, I would like to see him sort of use Schurler because I'm still a fan of the guy, even if everyone else hates him. And he's a quality player and hopefully, you know, he comes in under him and maybe does a little, you know, shows a bit more life in his performances. Okay, so um, hot off the press, just been digging a bit into the um, Scott Parker Management 101. And while he was at Spurs, he favoured a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 formation. So so hopefully no five at the back. And uh, yeah, that kind of suits more of Slavisa's style than, than Ranieri's, I, I guess. Sorry, right. Now my, now, my question is, are we going to have to start doing a uh, guess the lineup thing like we did for Claudio Ranieri? 
when we tried to guess his opening formation. Does anyone want to uh, take a guess at what his, Scott Parker's first formation is going to be against? Oh, it's against Chelsea, so that's going to be a bit of an interesting one. Uh, does anyone, anyone want to take the reins and take a first guess at who they think it's going to be? Morgan, what do you think? Uh, I think we'll probably Rico in goal. I think after that, we'll get... If we're going to go four at the back, I think it'll be uh, Cyrus and then uh, in defence, I you know, we might see Chambers drop back down there. Um, but I think it'll be a doy as well. Um, Joe Bryan on the left. Probably Tim Ream, if not Chambers. And then in midfield, I don't know, I don't know where Surrey was yesterday, but I think if he's fit, he'll be back in with Kearney. And, uh, well, God, do we see K-Mac again? I mean... Who knows? And or we try sort of uh, Gisa, and then I think it will be Sess on the left. On the right, we'll probably see um, what's his face, and maybe Vieto, because I mean, obviously, when he came on against Brighton, he did did sort of fairly impressive things. I don't know if we'll see Babel start. I mean, it's either him or Vieto, and then obviously Mitra up front. I don't think it's going to be radical. I think it's just going to be much more drilled, and hopefully the football, they'll be given the licence to play decent football again. Yeah, question is whether or not, because it's Thursday as we record, he's got tomorrow, maybe he'd want to bring them in for just a brief a brief session on Saturday, maybe just to get a few more ideas in before before playing Chelsea on. I, it's going to be a tough one for him to. Can we just write off? We might just have to write off Chelsea as a, well as we were to start as we were as we were starting off with. I think that just about wraps it up, though. I think that we've covered all the points we want to take, but we just want to do it and finally, because I don't think we'd be remiss without having just having a little bit of a laugh in this in this situation because you've got to have a laugh. What was your least favorite Claudio Ranieri moment? Come on, let's let's all let's all you know a bit of therapy. Let's all just let it. Let's all just let it out. I, 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 I th- I'll I'll go for it. I'll just say that game against Oldham for me was my was my low light of the cracky. We, I remember in the Slovenia Kanovic one, we did highlights, but now we're going lowlights with Claudio, Ren- Claudio Renier. That just shows how bad, just how bad he was. But I'm going to go for the uh, Oldham game, just because it, it sort of summed up our season as as a whole, just how disorganised we were to lose to a League One, League Two. I forget which league they are, but it just shows it, it was just it just summed up our season perfectly. That Oldham game. Um, Mr. I'll go to Morgan. I'll go back to Morgan, seeing as he was fresh off talking last time. Morgan, what was your no, abiding memory? Your abiding memory. Let's put it like that. Abiding memory of the Claudio Ranieri era. Um, well, I kind of, you know, obviously we had some absolute shocker of uh, games under him. Um, but I think the first half of that Brighton game, I think that really stuck in my mind as being absolutely awful. I mean, that was proper football from the dark ages and the weather was shit. I was freezing and it just looked, it was just so depressing to watch. Um, obviously, the second half was a different story altogether, but that first half just showed absolutely no no knowledge of football. <laughs> it was terrible. So I think I'll, uh, I think I'll choose that. You're going for that. Uh, Mr. Beclair, over to you. Your abiding memory of this, of this shambles of an era. <laughs> yeah, so at, um, at Crystal Palace, I've, I got there quite early and, I was looking for the the away end and stumbled across our team coach as it arrived, and I, I didn't really realise it was our team coach. I, it was either us or Crystal Palace turning up, and Ranieri was the first one off the coach. So I thought I'm going to get a selfie, so I did it. Put my arm round him, have a picture taken with Claudio. Brilliant. 
and then yesterday I was completely two-faced. I was booing him, singing uh, whatever it was, fuck off Ranieri, we don't want you here. I felt really guilty about it. So um, I, I guess the, what triggered that was taking Kearney off last night when, when he was playing well. So, yeah, I guess the combination of, of those two things coming together was, was my least favourite moment. Or what I, st- we call I still it? don't know how I still don't know how you can get lost to Crystal Palace. It is one of the easier grounds to go to. It's it's not right. a diff, it's not a difficult. I do not know how you got lost. I uh, found the John ground. Shaw. Say again. I found the ground all right. Yeah, Just but how the... do you not get to the away end? It's oh, really, who knows? it is quite easy. Who knows, mate? Who knows? But anyway, enough enough of, enough about Mr. McLaren, his jog his bad geography. Uh, John Shaw, over to you. Your abiding memory of Claudio Ranieri, if indeed you have one. Yeah. I just want to say, I think probably um, alcohol might have had some say in um, Matt getting lost, to be honest. Um, I, I don't have a particular memory of Ranieri. I mean, I can't I can't really think of a highlight, um, and it was all relatively low. I think the substitution where he took Schurler off, and I think for Christie, and was roundly booed by the fans, and then his after-match after comments on, um, oh, they were booing because we were taking Schurler off, and things like that, I think were... Um, that that really kind of sums it up for me, for one of a, for one of her expression. Um, and like, I think he's a really nice guy. I think the cars are really nice guys. It's not like I, I don't hate them, but just not not good enough for us at this time with what we've got. So, yeah, that for me. And last but not least, uh, the last man to well, last thoughts on the podcast go to our regular host. So I think it's fitting that he gets the last word. It's J Mac. Your words. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a favourite or a worst memory of Ranieri, but I, I, I saw on the Leicester City forum just a, a brave FFC fan after last night saying to them, look, uh, how did he win the title for you? This is ridiculous. And I just want to read out this answer that someone gave about Ranieri, and I just want to quickly say it. He said, the year we won, it was a perfect storm. Good momentum and squad from Pearson's previous season, good recruitment in the summer from Steve Walsh, and good man management and tactics from Ranieri playing to our strengths and not really changing much behind the scenes. Season after, he apparently started changing things, messed with our formation, and we didn't really have a settled squad. He also binned off a few important staff members. If he wasn't sacked, I genuinely believe we would have been relegated, and he didn't know how to turn a bad streak around. He was a very strange appointment for Fulham. It was a very strange job for to take for Ranieri. So, I mean... I think Ranieri is a good manager to sum things up, but I still don't think that means he isn't the worst we've ever had. <laughs> um, so that that's all I have to say. And for anyone who thinks that Parker is going to be a Kit Simons and it's going to be a disaster, I rather have the start of what Kit Simons did for our club after McGaff now and then do something about it later. We need some positivity now and some good times again. That's all I have to say. You can tell you're the host because those are the perfect words that we can wrap up and finish on. So all that's really left for me to say is uh, to say thank you very much for listening on this emergency. Uh, I keep saying emergency, but it's really a celebration. I'll I'll keep going with it. Emergency podcast uh, following the news that Claudio Ranieri has been sacked and replaced by Scott Parker. All that's left for us to say is uh, thanks very much for listening. You can keep up to date with everything that's going on with Fulham by going to the website, which is at FulhamFocus.com, following us on Twitter, which is at Fulham underscore Focus. I know we have Instagram, but I'm not a 13-year-old girl, so I don't use Instagram, so I'm going to assume that it's the same username and just go with that. Uh, I really should be giving this to J-Mac, because it's usually his job, but whatever, we'll go with it. Um, They're doing beautifully, darling. 
you do. Thank you very much. Keep it up. Right. All that for me to say is, uh, thank, again, thanks very much. Fuck, I keep saying that. Right. All that's left <laughs> is for the team members to shut up, Jay. Back. All that's <laughs> left is for. The... I'm going to mute you. I'm going to mute you. It's getting annoying. All that's left is for the team members to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Mr. from Mr. Clare. Good night. It's a goodbye from Mr. Morgan. Arrivederci. Fitting, fitting. I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I'm amazed we didn't think of that. Uh, it's a good night from John. Good night. And it's good night from J Mac. Yeah, can I speak? Yes, J Mac, go. Okay, okay, bye, 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 bye. Right, it's a good, it's a goodbye from me, and all this, and thanks very much. Fulham.